Ready as I'll let, ever be. Let, let, let's talk about it. Let, 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 let's talk about it. Talk, 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 talk about it. Talk about it. Let's talk about it. I think I, think I, I need said, to make that 10 minutes longer. Yeah, just keep it going, <laughs> keep it going. Uh, I think I said uh, ready as I'll ever be during the intro there. Oh, who cares? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome back. I am joined once again by my good buddy, James. Welcome back to the show, James. Thank you. Good to it's be here. It's been a minute since you came on. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if I can just introduce us really quick before we kind of get into it. This is going to be the third and final installment in the mini-series about the Christian church. And I just want to say really quick, thank God it's done, because this has been a disaster <laughs> that I could never have seen coming. I'm, I'm still thankful that I spoke about it. I think people should not be afraid to voice uh, controversial opinions. Yeah, I think so. But it's just been a disaster ever since. Just constant. I agree with you. I disagree with you. Mm -hmm. I disagree with you, and I want to tell you why, but I don't want to come on the show. Rather than it just being kind of a forum to express different opinions, different views. Exactly. That's all it was ever supposed to be. And then I I did the episode with Aaron a few weeks back, and um, which I think was really good. Uh, I don't think we necessarily came to a conclusion, but we both kind of, he voiced some opposition and I kind of explained why I agreed or disagreed with him. He really helped me clarify my point of view, if nothing else. It um, was a, it was a really interesting episode. I yeah. mean, I listened to it, uh, twice, once and a half when I was at the gym and yeah. it was like one of the best workouts I ever, I, I didn't even <laughs> realize I was working out. I was like, this is, oh. this is really interesting. I mean, a new, a new use for the show. Yeah. I think what was weird about that episode is after the fact, a lot of people were um, kind of letting me know that they agreed with him. Like very, like a lot of people did it kind of passive aggressively. Other people were more direct, but I think a lot of people were like, he disagrees with you and I disagree with you. So anything he says is right. Mm. And, and really tried to turn it into a side one or side two, which is hilarious to me because that's something I've so adamantly spoken out against on this show mm. is the, the simplistic and animalian mindset of team sports, this side or this side, one or the other. Yeah. And, and the, the, the way that we dumb down opinions into two columns instead of having a conversation and, and finding solutions. Yeah, and, but yeah, with any, I, I would say, interesting topic where there are two sides or multiple points of view, Yeah, I think you're always going to be, you know, even when I listen to the news uh, on the radio uh, or friends are talking politics or whatever it may be, uh, there is a tendency to agree and disagree Um But what I find myself trying to do, because I listened to that uh, episode. It was one of your first ones where you guys talked about team team politics and stuff like that. Um, And that is something that I really took to heart because I was like, you know, it's okay for me to... Everybody has to agree and disagree. You know what I mean? You have to formulate your own opinions. Totally. uh, Take in information. Uh, But I think where it gets really bad is when you start to play that team mentality and now you're not Mm -hmm. so much taking in information as deciding almost uh like a knee-jerk reaction you know what i mean like oh he's on the other team or oh this guy's on you know what i'm saying absolutely when it stops becoming your conscious decision and it starts becoming an assumption like oh this person who is part of this team that i agree with thinks this way so yeah sure i think that way too uh absolutely yeah and 
you know, that's one of the, the, the toughest things, uh, I think, with social media uh, in general. And you guys talked about that in one of my favorite episodes, too. Because, um, you know, you start reading the comments and immediately, whether it's Michael Jer- Jordan versus LeBron or, you know, this versus that, it's like somebody will, like, post something that's actually has fairly good information in it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, oh, this guy's making some good points about politics, about sports, about whatever, about design. Whatever it may be. Whatever it may be. And then, like, immediately somebody below will say, oh, you must be a... And then whatever... That sounds like a liberal's opinion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it, like, immediately becomes... And then everybody... <laughs> Filthy daggone liberal. Yeah, everybody takes on a side immediately after that. And then you're like, you know what? That guy actually shared some decent points of view. Yeah. Uh, but nobody cares anymore. Totally. It's like, and, and it's on both sides. You know, just to be clear, it's definitely yeah, totally. on, on all sides of any argument, you know. But with politics especially, there's this thing happening right now that's so disgusting to me because it, it, it stifles free thought and, and discussion and debate. And that is where, you know, people that are more left-leaning look at anything conservative and just vilify it as this like, oh, you know, small-minded, unprogressive conservatives like just you know including religion totally and that's where i think and and the same thing happens the other way where it's like oh you know you have an opinion that's that's progressive and and maybe conflicts with maybe my moral base or whatever you know i can't think outside of the box that i'm in so you're just a stupid liberal yeah exactly and that's what you know kind of going in you know it's a nice day outside it's summer and all this and you know i kind of knew we were going to talk about the church again a little bit and it and it's kind of like, do we really want to talk about that again? Just like you said, <laughs> thank goodness, thank God that this is the last one. Yeah. But at the same time, I hope this podcast continues to, uh, you know, not e- not every week, obviously, but tackle some yeah. things where people, because I hope more than anything that uh, this challenges people in how they think. Um, and that's such a cliche thing to say. But I can't get past, like, you know, Aaron brought up some points, and you brought oh, and we, up some and points. And we will get and, into that. And you guys went at, at it at times, and it's like, there is a tendency to say, I'm on Derek's side, or I'm on Aaron's side in that particular discussion. When that's not what it's about. When that's, yeah, exactly. And that's not what that's, the show is about, certainly. Yeah. Um, it's just about so now the let's get to thought. refuting all Aaron's bad. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Aaron's a great, I mean, that's that's what I mean. It's like. And, and just to, to clarify before we get into this, I just want to say I have no idea what James's opinion is. All he told me is that yeah. he enjoyed the episode and he'd like to talk about it. Uh, and he was the first one to ask me that, um, to talk about it on the show. So I have no idea what your stance is on this nope. going into it. I know conversations. I, I actually don't know my uh, – no, no, <laughs> no. I mean, we've, we've definitely had, uh, I guess, parallel conversations before. Mm-hmm. So I have an idea of what you might agree or disagree with. But you also have been a lot more involved with uh, – church ministry than i have mm-hmm. by you know by by a big margin um yeah so, and that's you, you know if we just want to kind of start yeah there. let's get into it. i i want i want i want to put the i want to open the i don't know how i'm trying to say what i'm trying to say i want to i want to roll out the red carpet yeah for you. i mean i think that's a good place to start with you know i grew up my whole life if you want to put a label on it very christian conservative yeah. you know uh going to church every week going to youth group uh going to all the different church activities and then early in my um, high school, you know, life, getting involved more seriously in church, definitely having my doubts. I think as any 
healthy Christian should. And, sure. you know, maybe that in itself would, would be controversial to say to some people. But I think doubting is as important to faith um, as believing. Uh, and that's a topic I'd love to talk about because I know sure. people are, con- you know, if somebody is doubting, it's like you can look at them even in my own life in the past it's like oh you're doubt oh that person's backslide whatever the christian term is uh, yeah. you know or even kind of stay away from them because They'll they're going to be a bad down with yeah <laughs> you know all those cliche right. it's easier to pull somebody down than it is to pull them up so stay away from people that are going to be bad influence on you and stuff like that and uh, and i think leave on, them to die <laughs> and this is another topic um but i think it does play into it i think in many ways right or wrong that is the reason why a lot of parents chose at one point to homeschool their kids. So true. Was to kind of be like, hey, we want to keep out of the world, stay and out of I the could, world. And if I could, I just wanted to point out both James and I were homeschooled. Homeschool. We both come from large homeschooling families. So yeah, very Christian conservative. And I know that the Christian conservative aspect was a huge part of being homeschooled. Uh, and, you know, that might be a topic for another time. Sure. But, but then going into college, you know... Um, I, I think I started leading worship as like the main worship leader uh, at a church when I was like 19. Uh, I'd been like in youth groups leading and stuff like that. But like I was like the worship leader for like a church of like 150 people, yeah. 200 on a good day. And, you know, very involved in the inner workings, going to staff meetings with the pastor, with the, the board, um, excuse me, all of that. And then since then, you know, Excuse me, I feel like I have to burp. and I can't It's definitely um, not because of the beer. <laughs> yeah. No question um, about that. But, uh, you know, and then here almost 14 years later, I've led worship at six different churches. And yeah. in each one, I was, you know, involved in the leadership, um, uh, in on a lot of firing, uh, letting somebody go, including myself sometimes, you know, hey, we're sure. going to be letting you go and... Uh, but also in like, hey, we're letting this person go or that person or we're going to build this or, or that. So it was very interesting for me to listen to um, the episode with you and Aaron discussing the church um, because it kind of hit home for me whenever you would talk about the building. And I really mm-hmm. felt like that was a sticking point for the conversation between you and Aaron. And, Absolutely. And if I could say what I think you were, at least the, the, what you were expressing, the way it hit me mm-hmm. was that, because it was, it was a strange sticking point. Like Aaron seemed to be saying, and, and not that I want to go back and forth, Derek and Aaron, but, but the one point seemed to be saying, it doesn't matter where you meet, you know, you're still going to have problems because it's people. And, but what you were saying, and I've experienced this, I've been on the the very much kind of the board, the leadership side of this is that the building itself almost becomes a, a, a factor Mm -hmm. like, um, Hey, we've got to pay for this building. Hey, we're going to spend, uh, a hundred thousand dollars to do, to do an expansion on this building. Uh, and sometimes it seems at least in my own experience that the building almost takes on a, leadership role itself yeah uh and if that makes any sense it's almost like the pastor the pastor's more worried about the building sometimes and the finances and um 
and this is just from past experience sure experiences um but one thing that kept on repeating was a couple times i can remember ending kind of tough meetings about hey we're gonna have to let somebody go to keep um, the building going. To keep the building going. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember this was early on. I was still at the first church I was leading worship at. And I left one meeting in tears. Like I walked out. We were meeting at a Perkins pancake. Yeah. And I actually walked out into, kind of got up, pretended like I needed to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And like walked out of the building and just tears were coming out of my eyes. And uh, a good buddy of mine that was on the leadership two, team two noticed that, hey, there's something. And he followed me out and was like, hey, what's going on? And and it was one of the most existential kind of really doubting what is going on in yeah. the church moments I've ever had. Because I didn't agree. Uh, and I, who am I? Who cares what I agree with and don't agree with? But it just like hit me. I was like, I don't agree with the decisions that were being made in there because they all seemed financial. They all seemed, um, you uh, know, there's an interesting thing in my opinion where, uh, Christianity in the Western world seems to appeal most to strong capitalists. hmm. And I want to be very clear right now. I have no problem with capitalism. I'm a capitalist myself. I believe in the model. Yeah, we've even had gone back and forth. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think when capitalism is left to its own devices, it works better than any other model. That's my feeling. But the problem with capitalism is that in the in the in terms of Christianity, it almost infects the that part of your life. Again, this is just my opinion. But my feeling is that a lot of the problems that arise from the church building mindset, the corporate church mindset, arise from that capitalistic viewpoint where you have to turn everything into a business. That's the entrepreneurial mindset, and that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. The thought that anything can be a business, anything can be a money-making opportunity. And I think that mindset has created this current corporate church environment where the people are second to the business. And that's where I kind of did kind of found myself agreeing because with you a little bit. But I don't even think in the in the last episode about the church, it was almost like a sticking point where Aaron was coming at it from one point of view, and I agreed with because I was like, "Yeah, wherever you, it do, the building doesn't matter. Who cares?" Yeah. But you were like, it was almost like you guys were having two separate conversations where you right. were saying, and I understood this because I was like, "Yes, I've seen that." Like the no, the pastor is not really over the flock or the church the the church at large you know the church outside people. of the walls right of the the building it was almost like his main concern is the building right and the the ownership and management management of the building, of the building. and he's a property manager not, and here's not the other thing because at one point and this is something that i've always had a sticking point with and i've seen you know i've been in churches where multiple pastors have kind of come and gone hey um you know i felt called to this church but now i'm feel called to another and it's like how come every single calling seems to have or firing or hey we consulted we we prayed about it slash consulted our finance you know yeah our accountant our accountant and i was like how come all these callings seem to correspond and Mm. this is a cynical i'm being a little cynical right now oh me too but but i've seen it yeah. And I've, I and it's been like, how come all these callings, or I've been called away, or I've been called here, seem to always follow some kind of financial need or transaction, or right. you're getting paid more here. Uh, you know, I've been involved in churches where the pastor 
literally stayed for one year. And when they first got hired, it was, this is where we feel like we need to be, you know, you yeah. know, gave one of those messages totally about call. And this is where we're going to be. And this is, we see ourselves. And then literally a year later is moving to wherever, uh, you know, this is Florida. The calling now, this is the calling now. And, because and then make 20 grand and, more a year. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And because I was involved, you know, and I knew some of the people, it's kind of like, oh, he got a much, you know, people will talk. Oh, yeah. oh he got a great offer at a much bigger church right. and stuff like that. And, you know, that parking lot moment that I had where I walked out and that I kind of had to come to grips with. Yeah. You know, I, I was kind of young and naive there. You know, first church I walked in and I, I didn't realize so much. And some people listening might say like, hey, of course, there's a responsibility to take care of what we've been given. And I understand mm-hmm. that. I understand that that argument. But there's also a, a sacrificial part to being a Christian, I believe. And it seems strange to me in my experience and i've kind of become numb to it now that a lot of churches are willing to spend a great deal of money um on things that i don't think even the congregation knows about right um and I know that for a fact, having been involved in, and I and I did pro AV for churches. Yeah. I know about the amount of money they spend on stuff, and so and, people and, don't care about, and people don't, you know, they send out a budget. Oh, it's in we the need budget a seventy-two list. inch yeah. TV in the mother's room so that they can watch the sermon while they're nursing, and all that stuff seems very. Um, uh, use the word. I don't even know what word to use. Uh, secondary secondary to the focus and yet it becomes like a main thing in some of the meetings that we uh, had you know um, i'd like to i'd like to point out a prime example of where i think what you're talking about um rears its ugly head in the current um western christian environment and i and i want to be clear why i say western christian environment i don't want to speak for the whole world because there are different parts of the world that have very different situations that do things a very different way I think we've both seen that firsthand through missions work and travel and things like that. But one of the main flaws I think right now is that there is a belief that you need a four-year degree to be a pastor, which is not biblical. Training is biblical. But let me ask you this. Why is it that pastors say, oh, you know what? I think I feel called to be a pastor. Time to go to school and get a four-year degree, and then I'm a pastor. Why is that the model instead of an apprenticeship model? Hmm. Why are pastors not coming up under other pastors? You know what I mean? Uh, totally. I mean, I, I don't think, I think we need to dispatch with this idea that all pastors are called. Um, or that all pastors have to be good businessmen because you got to keep the building alive. And I want to, yeah, I want to clarify that. I do believe a teacher in the sense of the biblical terms needs, is called, you know, we're called to different, we all have different spiritual gifts and things like that. But nowadays I truly believe that becoming a pastor is much more of a career choice Totally. About money, about, I always hey, say, I think I'm going to be good at this, I, I, than, I, a, than a spiritual calling, I guess. If I were to bring it to a point, I would say, are, do you go to school because you're called, or are you called because you went to school? Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the, the biggest pin I can put in it, is I feel like there are so many people who are like, well, I'm going to go to school. Uh, yeah, I'm called. Or yeah. is it like, oh, I'm called to do this. Oh, I have to go to school? I guess that's a, a burden I'll bear. I rarely see it working and, well, that Well, and then the other thing is is it it seems very much like any other profession, and that's where I also get hung up. After, as you're approaching the end of your, your calling to go to school to become a pastor, you aren't necessarily looking – and I'm not speaking for everybody, but I'm speaking for a lot of the 
pastors I've known. Yeah. You're, you know, you get on Jobzilla or whatever it is, and you look for a good career choice, you know, a, right. a job. Hey, this How one How much pay, do pastors make? Oh, they can make a lot of money. money. Okay, then we'll go here, and then if I get a better offer somewhere else, then I'm called there. And the hypocrisy that I find sometimes or I won't even use that strong a word because I don't I'm don't want to I I'm not trying to be holier than thou or anything or and I don't want to come off like that at all. Yeah. Um but I do in my 14 years of being involved in different churches um I've seen a lot of correlation between just being called and and I you know, I know I hit this before being called to something and hiding behind Hey, we prayed about it and somehow financial finances. And I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of jaded by that, I guess. Um, and I don't think the American structure here, the Western structure of churches is necessarily about what the church was called to in the Bible. Hmm. Uh, here, I'll give one other example. I'm not going to mention churches, but a church I was involved in, you know, you talked about unity, and both you and Aaron agreed a lot on that in that episode. Yeah. The church isn't just these four walls. It's supposed to be unified. Sure. And yet, every church I've ever been involved with, although they'll speak about the church as a whole in all of our meetings and stuff, seem more concerned with getting people in our doors. Mm-hmm. How are we different? And I won't say, no, I am going to say this because I also do club soccer too. And I just, it was the exact same. It was like, how is our club better? Let's show how we're better than right. uh, this soccer club. Let's show how our VBS is better than It comes back here. to team sports. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and we spent $40,000 on a rebranding two-year. We hired a company. <laughs> and this is where I, and I kind of left. I did. I walked away from church for a little bit. And, you know, some people might say, oh, see, there it is. He was hurt by the church. I think everybody, if they're honest, has been hurt in some ways by... It's interesting you bring that up because I had many people um, basically say that, like, oh, you're just, you know, to simplify. Bitter, you're just hurt you're, and petulant yeah, because yeah. you had a bad experience here bad or there. Experience. And the fact of the matter is, I would say the majority of churches I've been involved with, I've had very positive, positive. experiences with. Very positive. The thing, the thing about it is, the thing that I've always been gifted with in life that is both good and bad at times, is that I can identify the problems in a system. That uh, among all, uh, above all other things, that's the one thing that I will admit that I'm good at is acknowledging. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is like if I look at this system, this is where it's broken, mm-hmm. right? And that doesn't exclude itself to any area of my life. So you can you can simplify it by saying, oh, you're just hurt, you're just petulant, you know, you're backsliding, whatever. Everybody just stay away from him because his opinion is controversial, you know, and, and I think that the problem with that is if you, you know, um, Jesus was, was well known in scripture for kind a, of disrupting the system. Exactly. Yeah. Disrupting the system. You know, you saw that when he tore apart the marketplace, something that Aaron and I got into actually a little bit on the episode is, um, cause that was one of my, my, one of my main points in my first episode is the, um, use of church as a platform to sell goods and services. Uh, well, which I strongly yeah, disagree with. In in a lot of different things, uh, I believe Jesus was kind of anti any kind of um, looking like worldly businesses or or something like that. I, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not as articulate as some, but 
I just see this kind of the church is getting much closer to a hey we've got to have insurance we've got to have be saving money we've yeah. got to and people would say oh that's expansion. all yeah got to plan for expansion uh we have to spend forty thousand dollars to rebrand ourselves right so that we stand out in the community over uh other churches in the area or something like that totally. or or hey our attendance has been you know it's always about hey what's our attendance attendance was always very in almost every church i was I ever attended part a church of church that counted it weekly oh yeah of course and bring up at meetings hey our attendance really dropped here hey what was the reason for that what was going on do we need to change our sermons that, yeah exactly i mean that that kind of stuff and again people might say hey that's just being responsible that's and i'm like there's a difference between being responsible and getting dangerously close to something that's not, shouldn't be the focus totally. at a church. And that's what I hope people who agree, disagree with anything that was said in a previous uh, podcast episode or in this episode would just kind of be like, is this the focus of the church? Is this what it was supposed to be? Um, and I don't know. I don't think a rebranding effort, I don't, you know, come back to the classic, what would Jesus do? Sure. I don't know if Jesus was the pastor. Had a ch- yeah. If he would have been like, Hey, we need to he brand. Never our- was the pastor hey, 12, of a church. Ab- 12 disciples. We need to brand ourselves a little think, better or something. You I know? think you can look at any model that existed while Jesus was on earth and say that it doesn't directly correlate to the average uh, church model that we see today. Most churches would go and see a, a teacher. Um, maybe an apostle was in their area and they could hear him speak uh, for a number of days or whatever. And mm-hmm. then they'd go back to their communal uh, gatherings and discuss. And then people in that their areas who are gifted in, in preaching would, would preach to the group. They didn't have church membership. They didn't have, okay, you have to be at this building every week or else you didn't go to church or you went to you visited another church. Oh, are you thinking of leaving? Mm-hmm. The structure for that kind of unnecessary political dogma just didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And um, and truthfully, I don't know where it came from. Truthfully, I don't. But what I tried to clarify above all else, and I, I feel like you know, I don't always succeed in these things. I feel like I didn't succeed in the episode with Aaron or in the episode by myself. Is it that it's that dogma that I'm so against that it it's a, a game of politics. You have to attend here. You're a member here now or else you're not really going to church. And if you go somewhere else, oh, you're visiting another church. Are you thinking of leaving your church, yeah, your the, home church? The membership thing was very interesting to me too. There are many things that contribute to that problem, but at, at its core, that is the issue that I disagree with. In a weird way, uh, and everybody's going to think, oh, Derek brought on a friend who agrees with us. <laughs> I, I, I know. I he doesn't know. I didn't plan that. I, I know. And uh, the thing is, is I, I didn't agree with, everything that you said or I'd like to get into the disagreements that, after you finish your thought. Yeah. Um, but the membership thing was something that hit home to me too, because out of all the churches that I was a part of, most of them, I'm going to say 80% of them had a membership. Um, absolutely. And I never signed any of those or, or went through any of them. And I would always, you know, when they would hire me and say, Hey, I would be upfront with them and say, you know what, I, I have never been a member of a church in that sense, you know, like, hey, yeah. sign, you know, whatever it is, go through this class and now you're a member. And uh, just because I never, it never felt right with me 
uh, and mm. I can't say anything more than that. I just never did it, and I always was very upfront. Is this going to be a deal breaker? Yeah. And you know, to many of these churches, I guess I'll say credit. I don't know if it's credit or not. I I don't care. They said, oh yeah, that's you know we understand. You know, they would talk with me about it, and I would just kind of say I've yeah. never felt led to say I'm a member of this church. Uh, and if that's a deal breaker, here's something then... interesting that I want to point out about what you're talking about. So you bring up a really interesting point about membership where you are signing a contract to a building mm-hmm. and the organization. And, and all of them are very much building. the same. They always have kind of a list of bullet points. A list. Here's of what we believe. Belie- here's exactly. what we expect you to do. The the point of membership um, to maybe clarify that for people who are not part of the church community who are listening. And by the way, if you are, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate you for <laughs> opening your mind to a topic that maybe doesn't interest you. <laughs> but um, the, the interesting thing about membership is that the, the purpose of it is very much biblical. It's that you're coming under um, uh, the discipline of a, of a pastor, right? That's very biblical that you should be, that you should have a pastor over you in life who is a, a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you have other mentors who are closer to your personal life, but he's a spiritual mentor um, and he is the one who um, can kind of uh, exact discipline if you uh, are doing something that's unhealthy, right? Mm-hmm. That's the idea of membership. The problem is your allegiance is not to your minister. Your allegiance is to the building and the organization that runs it. They can make decisions based upon who is the pastor at that church, often without your consent. A lot of Mm -hmm. buildings do things like that. That is what makes membership so profoundly non-biblical, in my opinion. Well, I guess I take a slight. I took a slightly different. And in all those occasions, I just didn't simply say like, "I'm not going to become a member." Of th- I always had a pretty serious discussion with the pastor, or those on the hiring team, or whatever it is, yeah. about why and you know uh, my beliefs. You know, um, my biggest thing is, is I always just felt like becoming a membership. Mem- and I would always be make sure that they knew I was going to be under, you know, the board or uh, I was under their authority. Right. Yeah. You know, but that I, I never wanted to meet somebody else who went to a different church and them say, Hey, I'm a member of this church. And me say, I'm a member at this church. And then like start comparing those bullet point things that always felt very weird to me. Um, now, if a church doesn't believe, you know, in the death and resurrection of Christ, you know, I, there are obvious things that are laid out in Scripture, too. But, you know, some churches in those bullet points had like uh, whatever it might be. I'm just going to throw one out there and some people might say, yeah, I agree with that. I don't agree. But uh, anybody working here will not drink, you know, something yep. like that. That's a big one. I, I would never. Particularly for people serving. Yeah, I would never want to meet somebody else and uh, them be know that as, oh, yeah, I used to go to that church and I was a member. And so you can't. It's like, why are we getting on sticking points immediately just because I know you're from a different church? It it felt divisive to me, almost almost like wearing a jersey for a, another team. Oh, you're absolutely on that team. I'm on this team. This is I have slightly different beliefs than you. Case in point, uh, a church that I didn't. They actually wanted me to to lead, but I just kind of was like, no. They wanted me to sign it. They said, no, you're going to have to. It was a some branch of the Methodist. Um, oh, <laughs> and even that, I'm kind of like, why do we have all these other, these weird denominations. branches, denominations, and people who um, have lost the ability to come to creative conclusions? Exactly. That's people a, who are. It. What's interesting is. You brought up a really interesting point. That's exactly right. That's an excellent way to put it, though. Create cre- creative solutions, which I feel like Christ was uh, the the 
the master of just kind of the bringing most creative people, solutions. Yeah. Oh, you're blind? I'll just spit in the mud. We'll yeah. Fix that it up was right just kind of like, and so that's why I never. You would think you know, that um, you would think that um, humility would bring out the uh, creativity in people, among all else, a desire to serve. Uh, and a, and a belief that you're not always right would bring out the creativity in people, but it really it, it doesn't seem to in the church, which is interesting. Mm. And and my belief is that denominations rise out of petulance. Um, people who think that um, very in a lot of ways very similarly to how I think, which is okay. There's a problem here. We need a solution. And instead of collaboration or or a positive solution, their their answer is to. And this is something Aaron actually brought up in the episode we did together, which is the danger of sequestering yourself often to another corner mm-hmm. of of the world. Is that that's how you get things like denominations? People who can't come to terms, who can't agree, who can't who can't conceive of of a uh, of a positive solution. So they're. Their last resort is to just say, okay, well, we'll just build our own walls around us and we'll do things the way we want to do it. And I don't, I want to be very clear to you and to anyone listening. That's not what I'm advocating for at all. I'm all about solutions that, that bring people together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, how are there ways that without affecting how other people choose to do things, we can continue to bring each other together? But not, but I don't like the word, but it kind of negates things. And uh, um, Aaron did bring up what I thought was a very good point to say hey but you're saying you want to go do something different but it's just going to end up the same remember how he was saying that it's just going to end up the same right and in some ways i agreed with that i was like you know what people are going to be involved people unfortunately some are going to want power uh and um they're going to try to and so even if it starts off great for a month two months a year at some point it's going to end up the exact same as the place you left and then another group is going to leave and do this and then so on and he's right and so forth and yeah i would say he is right and i would say that is kind of this what you were also saying you're like yeah so there's an there's an issue there's a there's a problem here with it's not the place you're meeting it's not the building but the building has also become a part of it because in many ways it's like the pastor sometimes gets lost it's like this is his job now he has to take care of his kids he has to provide for uh himself and his family and and i want to clarify something on that really interesting i was actually talking with um one of my brother-in-laws uh and he was bringing up the point that the bible dictates that pastors should be compensated i could be wrong here i I always want to clarify that i'm not sitting here with like a list of notes in front of me we're just talking my understanding is that what the Bible specifies is that while it doesn't specify that a, a pastor should be someone's full-time job, it's that the congregation, you know, whatever size or whatever populace that may be, they have a responsibility to take care of their pastors, essentially. So if, mm-hmm. if you bring yourself under the leadership of a pastor, you know, whether you attend his whatever on whatever basis— you are a part of the committee of people who also fall under his leadership who are responsible for making sure he's okay because mm-hmm. of the sacrifice he's making to be a pastor. So my understanding is not that pastoring has to be a full-time job, but that it's that pastor's congregation's it has become responsibility much more, to take care of him. It has become, it, long and short of it, and we already mentioned this, it's become a career, it's become a profession. Yeah. And I think that has hurt it uh, in... Totally. It's just to kind of lay it out there. That's my belief. That's been my belief for actually a little while that pastoring has now become 
and this is very cynical, but a career and for some a lucrative one Mm -hmm. and for some, and I would say a lot, I have seen them climb the ladders as you would in any other profession. It's like, I started out at a small church, but now I'm at a medium. Oh, now I'm at a big, huge church. Here comes the next step. I just keep praying and the Lord just keeps on leading me to more money. I I don't know. Like, that's, I. Like, are you tied to your congregation or are you tied to your job? Because it seems as soon as the Lord provides more money for you and I'm Lord in, yeah, you know, quotes or whatever, uh, um, you jump, you know, and like anybody else would pursuing any other, uh, uh, profession. Um, and the other, the final point I just kind of wanted to bring up and then, um, you said you wanted me to get up in some of my disagreements and yes, absolutely. I I don't want this to just be like an agreement fest. No, but I think it's, I, I hope it's not sounding like that. I just think uh, it is good to get points out there and totally if, if people You're not doing anything wrong. Yeah, feel different ways, you know, uh, that's yeah. awesome. Honestly, I just hope uh, if you do feel a different way, I hope you also listen to anything that maybe you don't agree with and are kind of like, Hey, that's an interesting point. Uh, I don't agree with it. Um, if but, there's one thing I could ever accomplish with this show, it's, it's getting people to become less defensive about hearing conflicting viewpoints. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a cool thing. I really hope I'm accomplishing that. Um, I don't know. Some days I feel like I am, other days I'm like, this is all just a disaster. <laughs> but you talked, you know, a couple of times you said, uh, I think the the pastor, unfortunately, it's almost like the pastor has been, I'm not bashing pastors here. There's so many pastors who have had and still have such a huge influence on my life and that I still keep in touch with, you know, move to Florida. The ones you with on a personal yeah, basis, I'm yeah, sure, on a personal to, level. Move different places and I still, uh, you know. Uh, keep in touch with them and things like that and know what's going on in their life. But I think the pastor, in a way, is almost a victim of this cycle as well. Um, totally. Because maybe you do get into it because you felt a calling, and now all of a sudden um, you do have to take care of this building, and you do have um, you know, this and that to worry about that you weren't prepared for, but now it feels like it's part of your job. You, you get where I'm going. It's Cause like, it's like, there's no other model. You have yeah, to do it that exactly. way. If you, if you feel called, if you feel called, this is what you got to do. Um, yeah. And a couple of times, so wrong. Yeah. A couple of times you said, it's like, he's the king of a castle rather yeah. than the pastor of like a flock or, or like a, gr- uh, a, a community. Right. Um, and I was like, Oh man, I have seen that because I've, I've been very close to some pastors who, they get completely worn out and jaded by all the other stuff that they're supposed to be um, worried about. And, you know, I've got to fire this person and I have to have a reason for it. And uh, sometimes, uh, you know, it's, it's, and then the other thing, the whole King of the castle thing is people, unfortunately under them. And sometimes it is like family members. And sometimes there is very kind of weird stuff going on. Um, but they feel like they have to agree with the pastor or the king mm-hmm. is going to, and I've seen this all the time cause I would leave meetings and talk to like a group of people and be like, I don't know about this or that, but you know, we'll trust the pastor on this one. And sometimes yeah. I'm like, I don't even know if this is something the pastor should be doing, be worried about, or, or there's no conflict. And that's something I was actually trying to point out in the episode with Aaron about how pastors just hire their friends to be their elders. <laughs> Um, and there's not really a, a voting process on that. Um, not that there's anything wrong with having friends around you, but there needs to be disagreement in any kind of a leadership body. You yeah. know, 
there has to be a hey, I get why you think that way, but consider but I this. Have, I have seen the fear of people not wanting to express their disagreement with the pastor because they do view him as more like a king and some of these people are paid, you know, and they're worried about seem like a, a, a dissenter, a dissenter. Hey, yeah. I might get fired. And I've seen that all the time. It's like, Oh, it's okay to have a different differing point of view. And then like six months later, that person is let go. Mm-hmm. And it's like, unexpectedly. and everybody who was involved in it knows why he was let go. Yeah. Um, it's and this so is political. This was at the, and again, I'm not going to, I won't even say when or in my life in case, but I was at a church where a elder was very close with both my wife and myself. Yep. Uh, you know, we went to small groups and, you know, and he would even say, and, you know, he was kind of my mentor, you know, I was leading worship and they wanted to have somebody over me, uh, you know, just to kind of make sure I was okay. And I love that, you know, it was great. This guy was very close to me. We got very close, uh, cut to kind of a sticky point where, again, finances were involved. Um, and I was going to be, they were going to go to kind of more of a, hey, we don't have a worship leader. Um, we're just going to have, you know, volunteer. Yeah. So basically I could stay on as a volunteer and, you know, with everybody else and volunteer. Um, but I couldn't. Financially, I couldn't. And that's where, again, was I called to be the worship leader? Sure. You know, you could point the finger right back at me. Yeah. Was I called? Apparently not, because once the money <laughs> went away... So did you. <laughs> so did I. Sure. But it was very strange. I appreciate, and, that, um, yeah. I appreciate that honesty. And how it went down, though, it was very strange, though, because I kind of stepped away, and uh, I can't get into all the nuances of it, sure. but I tried to step away in what I thought was just kind of a humble, I'm not going to rock any boats type of way. Um but it was just very, very strange. The, the pastor didn't appreciate it, I guess. He never met with me, actually, which was weird. I asked for multiple meetings, uh, but it, that's all beside the point. But what was weird is I felt this tug between this good friend of mine wanting to side with the pastor hmm. and wanting to kind of continue being a friend to Tabitha and I, uh, you know, and stuff like that. Weird. And, and it was tough. It was a tough thing, but it was like, man, once again, I kind of see this, hey, he's, you got to side with the pastor or you might lose your position. You know, who knows? The money might dry up for you next. Or, yeah. Oh, suddenly uh, they don't it, have it, enough money to I pay didn't, you. I didn't explain that very well at all. It was, you know, all those things are much more complicated than uh, we have time to kind of discuss. But again, it was finances were involved. Uh, and it was kind of like people were worried about losing their money. Mm. And then after leaving kind of that that situation, I again looked back on it and I was really struggling with myself and, and, and the whole thing and being like, man, it seems like when people say they need to pray about a tough decision, it really comes down to finances. Totally. And, and that it, I thought the church was supposed to be different in mm. a way. I, I don't know. That's a really good point. James, I really appreciate the conversation we've had so far. Um, but before we, you know, start running out of time, not that time yeah, is really a, totally. a main factor here, but I'd love to get into some of the things you disagreed with. Well, I mean, again, I try to take disagreements as a, um, just a sign that, um, cause I disagreed at times with both you and Aaron and I, 
uh, found myself agreeing with you. Uh, and then there were times that I was like, hey, Aaron brought up a good point, as I think we all try to do. Sure. So disagreements aren't like, man, he's wrong on this. Because, again, I think anybody who thinks that they are 100% right, especially when you're talking about They're biblical lunatic. things or you know <laughs> what I'm saying. Or I've got it figured out and you don't. You are in trouble. In fact, my wife and I, when we get into discussions where we're both agreeing with each other and kind of ranting about something, you know yeah. what I mean? After it kind of dies down, we both look at each other and both kind of jokingly say, yeah, we see, we know. We, we know. We, we, we know it all. Just to kind of say like, oh, you know. Um, jokingly say, we have no idea what we're talking about. We're just people <laughs> trying to live the best we can. And yeah. so anyway, that's where I was kind of, one of the areas was, and I don't know a lot about it. I just was kind of like, I don't know if I would lump Derek Schweibold as much as I love the guy right up there with Martin Luther. Um, <laughs> cause you said that at one point and, and it's not that I, I was like, kind oh, of, a, I, know I was kind about. of agreeing with like, yeah, that is kind of what Derek's doing, but. But at the same time, I would not put myself on his level either, just to be clear. (laughs) I knew you did. It was kind of a it was a back and forth with you and Aaron. But I remember thinking like we were talking about approach. Yeah, approach. And you were kind of saying, like, I think I did exactly what Martin Luther approaching the problem the same way he approaching it the same way. And so that wasn't so much of a disagreement as I was kind of like um, I was kind of like. Derek, I hope that one phrase doesn't turn everybody off from all the other <laughs> points that you were making. And also, I did. Uh, we know, harped on Martin Luther way too yeah, much. Can yeah, we just quite, say that? quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and I was kind of like, you know, at some point, I don't know a ton about it. You know, I've read, you know, and I went to a Christian college, and of course, we had classes. Um, but you and Aaron were both kind of going, yeah, I, that's a good thing. Harped is a good word. So it's like, I didn't disagree or agree with either you or Aaron. I was kind of like, get over it. (laughs) I was kind of like, somebody needs to actually figure out exactly what Martin Luther was doing because we're talking about it a lot here. And, and I don't think any of us are doing him a service uh, or, or you know what I'm saying? By dragging his, by dragging his name into it. The the problem is that I had brought it up in the initial episode Mm. about, um, I think the only th- the only reason I brought it up was just to explain that there are times in history where complaints and grievances need to be known, not for negative reaction, but for positive growth. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing I was trying to convey, and we kind of got into some honestly some boring details about the history of what exactly he did. I don't know that we necessarily agreed on the circumstances there. Being homeschooled like yourself, yeah. I learned a lot about Martin Luther. Watched a lot of documentaries yep. about his life. <laughs> and here's here's what I wanted to get to in all that. Because I was thinking to myself, man, I, I really actually do love this podcast. And um, I hope other people do as well. What I was thinking the whole time is I, I desperately hope people aren't finding, as people do, that one moment where they can kind of say, oh, he slipped up. Or Aaron slipped up. He's wrong. Or... And... Like there's gotchas. There's gotchas. Yeah, like, hey, you're wrong. This is just a hurt person or however they want to label it. You know what I mean? Sure. Aaron brings his Bible so that he's holier than thou. And Aaron even said, I'm not bringing this Bible so that I'm holier than thou. And it's like like both both people were just having a discussion, and yet there's going to be people who point at both sides and say, see, that proves it right there. And so I was just thinking this whole Martin Luther Luther thing is just kind of being – pulled in two different directions and i bet you that's one of the one of the moments where people 
choose a side. Mm. Um, Absolutely. And then this is more to subject matter, but something that I kind of didn't agree with you uh, or Aaron on was just kind of the church itself. There's a lot of building talk again, too. And, yeah. and I think that's a cool thing to have somebody else listening and kind of saying to saying like, hey, this is what I heard a lot of, because in a discussion, you know, I'd love to listen back on this one, and I will, and be like, man, I talked about that so much, and I really didn't even care that much about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's tough for me. I, I just a little um, behind the curtain, I don't ever listen to these episodes yeah. because I hate the sound of my own voice. <laughs> it's <laughs> but, something I, like, cringe when I hear. But the building aspect, too, I, I didn't agree. Oh, and again, Aaron's probably like, hey, that's not even the point I was trying to make, which I completely understand because it's like, we're just talking again. You guys said that multiple times too. We're just talking. I hope people read between the lines and realize Aaron isn't like in love with church buildings. You know what I mean? Like, like that's a fetish of his or something. (laughs) Right. And and, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. If I could just say, that's why I pointed out that he had a Bible and I want to be clear when I say this, I don't want to be misunderstood. Aaron is a very good friend of mine. This isn't meant as a slight towards him. I didn't have a problem with him bringing the Bible on because I knew his intention, but that is something I actively try to avoid with this show because there are two types of debate in my mind. There is highly factual debate and there is conversational debate. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of this show is not to be a highly factual debate and not that we're both sitting here reading off facts that we found online or whatever. You know, I, I, I definitely love those kinds of debates, but I don't find the value in it that I find in conversational debate because I think perception is sometimes so much more powerful. Well, there's both, you know, some people would disagree with that and say, well, if there's no facts, then what's the point of it all? And I would say, if you've been around at all, you know, facts can be brought up to support any point of view. So absolutely. So I, I agree with both. I'm like, facts are good to bring in at times just to make a point, but in, I'd rather just talk yeah, with exactly, about because, how they feel about something. Exactly. And you know, maybe you have a because fact that's in your really, mind and that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Because that's really all people use facts for anyway is how they're feeling this way about something. So let me bring in this fact to kind of make my feelings even more right. prominent and, or and whatever. And Aaron, definitely, I just want to, again, clarify just because I'd hate to uh, offend a, a, definitely a guest of the show but also a friend. Aaron didn't do that. Um, his goal was to read an entire passage of Scripture in its entirety, which I very much support. Um a negative uh, of someone doing something like that would be reading a single portion of a verse to to sort of quasi back up their point of view. No, and I didn't listening to the episode. I know both of you were kind of afraid that, like, boy, I hope this doesn't come off that like we're arguing against. It really didn't. To me, it it didn't. Uh, you know, good. I thought good. it was a good conversation. Um, Constructive I debate is so. I important. understood both points of view. Uh, but again, back to my point about the building. Yes, it's like yes. I also understood like that. You know, Aaron even said it a couple times, like, you know, uh, let me get my thoughts together. Uh, but it's like he wasn't like all for church buildings and you were like completely against church buildings, right. which I feel like people could have split it right there. Sure. Derek hates churches and Aaron is all for churches. You know, right. it's like. I don't think either one of you were making those points. So that's, again, where I say I don't really disagree with either one of you there. Sure. Um, but if I was going to kind of hit where I feel like the happy medium would be. I think the real benefit of what, you, what you've what you brought on the show, because, again, I didn't know what you had to present to me. But I think the real benefit of what you're doing here is you're clarifying the conversation. Yeah. And a, I think a, there's extreme value I'm to just, that. I, so a, if I could a respond. Little bit, yeah, totally. If I, if I could respond to that point, because you make a great point. Um, 
I have no problem with church buildings. My problem is with the perception that the building is the church and not the people. Mm. And the affiliation to the church being more powerful than the affiliation to your fellow Christians. That's my main problem with with church buildings. Um, I love church buildings. I think they should continue to exist as meeting places for Christians, as uh, convenient ways to hear great teaching uh, from different pastors. Uh, If people want to affiliate themselves more closely with the church and fall under the, the leadership of that pastor, no problem with that whatsoever. Go nuts. Uh, I don't think membership is necessary for that. I don't think that that means that you're now exclusive to that location and you can't hear other pastors because they're probably wrong. I, I, I don't agree with that whatsoever. Um, and I feel like I was not able to really, in a very clear way, convey that to Aaron. And I don't know. I think that's an area where we never got on the same page. Yeah, I think that's perfect. That's really what I was. And you just kind of said what I was going to kind of share and in a weird way you were both kind of advocating for that um uh where i at times it got lost is aaron you know trying to say like hey no matter where you meet you're gonna have the same problems right and then you trying to say yeah i understand that but the building it's you know it's like the building building is the problem that's what causes the problem is the problem is the affiliation the the incorrect mindset of what the church is Mm -hmm. absolutely and and i think that's a perfect clarification and actually i mean i'll let you end it but i don't have too much more to say except for that i really enjoyed this whole discussion and i think the reason i hope you're not deterred of having more discussions like this because people are going to have very visceral reactions to these type of topics. Um, But I think those reactions hopefully then lead to, you know, some people might, I do this sometimes, like I might respond to you and be like, Derek, you're an idiot. I don't agree. And then later I'll be like thinking about, thinking about those idiotic quote, idiotic things that you said. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right. it's a seed. It really is a seed. And that's very biblical in itself. You know, it's like, Mm. and then it'll grow. And then you have to decide what, you know, that's how greater, more empathetic, more well-rounded reasoning and Mm. conclusions. I I think that's the only way to get there. If you never, you know, what, what's it called when I'm not a farmer, What's it called when they scrape up the ground? <laughs> oh, tilling? <laughs> if they if you never till the ground, you know, it's just going to become hard. And y- yeah. you know where I'm going with this anyway. Absolutely. I, I'm drinking too much. So you know, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think a good way to summarize it is with something that both you and Aaron brought up, which is at the end of the day, if a system exists in its current state long enough, it will become corrupt. Hmm. I think that's a point I would, that, I would agree with that. that both of you alluded to, and I think that's absolutely right. And I think if tomorrow everyone agreed to do things my way, which, again, I want to clarify, I'm not, I'm not here to say that I'm 100% right. I'm trying to create thought. I'm trying to create – I want people to come together and, and visualize a better future and, and mm-hmm. bring that future to fruition. And the only way we do that is by asking questions. So because of that, I think that every system requires people to – express what might be wrong with that system for to it to till the ground to i like that to till the to ground. Till that ground i think yeah. you really put a pin in it and i appreciate that james we did it we did it it's over we did it. it's we, over we, ended we have fixed church <laughs> we fixed the church no, oh my gosh i i wish i wish um i really thank you for being here and, and for being a part of this final installment uh i hope people 
really understood both of our intentions here. And not only that, but I, I hope that this doesn't end people's um, conceptualization and also internal and maybe even external question asking about how things can be improved. I, I don't ever try to – anyone who's listened to the show more than a couple times knows that my goal here is never to tell people how to think but to try to create the process of thought to analyze. And uh, I really hope that we've done that today. I really do. And I, and, and I'm, at the same time, you know, I kind of explained at the beginning I'm thankful that this uh, – really fixating on this issue that we're done now mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. um, it's exhausting to talk about. It really is uh, because it's intense, you know. Um, a lot of people don't – don't necessarily consider the fact that the ramifications of me publicly saying that I disagree with something that's very widely regarded as being perfect, uh, you know, that has ramifications in my personal life with the relationships that I have with other people. And that's tough, but um, at the same time, I think uh, tough conversations are how we all grow. Uh, and yeah, maybe, the, maybe the growth area is more within myself than with others, but um, that remains to be well, seen. Well, I, for one, am thankful that you uh, started this podcast. I, I really am. And, uh, you know, there's going to be times that I completely disagree with you. Uh, <laughs> and there's going to be times that I'm like, yeah, that needed to be said. And uh, I think that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Thank you so much, James. Uh, I, I just want to let everyone know that um, there's some uh, some exciting changes coming to the podcast that I'll be discussing in the next episode. One of those changes will be that uh, I'm going to be starting a, um, a monthly couples episode that I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, myself and my wife Rachel will be hosting that and we'll be bringing on different couples every month I really hope you and your wife Tabitha who's sitting here will uh, will come back for one of those episodes and, and chat with us for uh, sure that would be awesome I see a lot of fun there alright everybody thank you so much if you enjoyed the show please be sure to uh, to give us a rating um, give me your feedback the uh, contact information for the show for myself I should say is always in the description of the episode uh, email social media whatever works for you if you ever have feedback or you'd like to just um, pursue an issue in the show further, go on there. I do want to clarify because I've had some interactions with people, um, not negative interactions, but if there's something you'd like to discuss, uh, as much as I'd love to meet with uh, people who would like to sit down and discuss it, I don't always have time for that. My life is pretty busy, especially right now with a, a move coming up here soon. Um, but if you were, are willing to discuss whatever the issue may be uh, via email or, or direct messaging on social media, I'm very much happy to do that. Um, I hope that uh, I hope that that's not disrespectful to people who have reached out to me with an interest in speaking. But uh, unfortunately, that's just what uh, what I'm able to do, what I'm able to offer. So, all right, everybody, we'll see you again next week. Have a have a great weekend. <laughs> <laughs>